Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Potluck Food Talks. Today I'm here with my homie Phil and we're going to talk about taboo. So, what's the deal with taboo? Do you know anything about the origin of the word taboo? I don't know. I just know the show with uh, Tom Hardy, which was really good. But uh... <laughs> Well, uh, I read it's like a Polynesian word that was introduced to English by Captain James Cook. And it means forbidden or sacred, something you don't want to touch or get into. So what's Anything. the deal with taboo foods? Because that's the kind of thing, like taboos, like a sort of unspoken kind of thing. You know, there are a lot of taboos in kitchens, but definitely like a lot of like taboo foods. Have you had like, like any experiences of eating something that, that you felt like, or, you know, that, that you were breaking into a forbidden domain? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is um, when I was in Japan and we were at back then when the big fish market was still Tsukiji and we were getting shown around by our fish market guide. And we got to a, to a stand and um, he was kind of explaining, you know, what this was all about. And uh, somebody uh, translated to me that it was whale, that this guy was specializing in selling whale. And I was like, oh, wow, like I've never seen whale meat before or like, or anything. And he saw that I was like, because I was like excited, but not in sort of like, oh my God, let's eat some whale. You know, that's awesome. Because I know that it's a very controversial subject, but I was just kind of like, oh, wow, you know, I've never seen that before. And so without really saying anything, he turned around and bought like a piece of whale for me out of his like Japanese politeness, you know? And um, afterwards, like when the tour was finished, we brought that to like a local sushi place and we just gave them the piece of whale to to slice up and to make like a, like a sushi rice bowl. And it was genuinely very, very delicious. Like it was, it was very, very tasty. It was like very fatty tuna. But then again, like that's uh, because he bought like really premium stuff. I found out later because I actually went back and like wanted to buy some whale again because I had like friends and I wanted to show them and stuff. And I bought some whale and it was like not half as good. It was like really kind of very, very strong flavored. And I was like, ah, okay. That's what I would expect to, to yeah. be like super strong flavored. Yeah. Yeah. He must have bought some really nice stuff because it was like super fatty. It did have like a, like a very pronounced, like, um, I don't even know how you call it in English, tarnish, you know, the, like the thing that like they used to, um, like that oil that they get from whales. Okay. Yeah. They used to make oil lamps out of and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, here in the Basque country, this used to be like a huge whaling region. There, there are even some old bars where, where you find like the, how do you say, like, like a vertebrate disc? You know, like a huge oh, one yeah. of the whale, like hanging in a bar. Like, uh, I, I remember seeing that in a bar somewhere in Old Town. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think makes a, a specific foods taboo or forbidden or, because I mean, we, we could come up with some things like there are some animals that people won't eat for some strange reasons or for some obvious reason. I understand people not eating Cats and dogs, for instance. I have this story of a friend. He was traveling in China and and they come to this village and there were these dogs with a leash and he comes like, oh, puppy, puppy, puppy. Doo, 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 doo. And everybody was looking at him like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, because he was, you know, playing with the dogs that were yeah. going to be cooked in the next few hours. And so like, you don't do that. <laughs> you know, like this kind of things. 
Like, yeah. but where, where to draw the line? What's the, uh, probably if, if I wouldn't eat something, it would be more for ethical or ecological reasons than any other reason, you know? Like, uh, let's say I was once offered total eggs and I was like, no way, I'm not going to eat that. You know, like just for ecological reasons, but that that's the only reason. Otherwise, I would have no problem with with turtle eggs, you know, like. Oh, yeah. It also depends on the context. This was in the middle of the jungle and these were probably not sustainable, sustainably sourced. So in that context. But, yeah, that's the thing, no. And there's, a, there's also a health risk, right? It's like if you eat turtle eggs in the middle of the jungle, you know, I mean, I have to admit I've eaten turtle eggs before, you know. <laughs> I didn't feel particularly bad about it, but um, I think like it's it's a really difficult question because like first of all I would say that you draw the line when there's like um, there's a sustainability aspect that's wrong or that's um, or there's you know a certain cruelty involved, right? Or when it just kind of like it um, it goes against your against your you know your feeling. Right. But this is so, such a difficult topic because it's fully, it's 100% culturally, uh, learned. Right. So, for example, in Western culture, you know, we find the idea of eating insects like really repulsive. Right. While there are vast amounts of people and loads of countries where eating insects is completely normal. And, um, it's, it's very, very interesting because like, I always like, I always thought the, um, comparison between stuff like, for example, a grasshopper, right? Grasshopper kind of like, if you tell anybody here, like in, in Europe to eat a grasshopper, they'd be like, oh no, why? That's disgusting. I'm kind of like, what makes a grasshopper different than a shrimp? You know? Yeah. They're, they're quite similar actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super similar. And I'm like, look, grasshoppers, super sustainable. They're like 10 times more sustainable to farm than cattle, than beef. Um, they provide a huge amount of protein. Like they are like very flavorless. It's not like they have a bad flavor or anything. They're just like, they're kind of like, like tofu doesn't have a very strong flavor. It has a soybean flavor as grasshoppers have a grasshopper flavor. Right. But like, they're not like, it's not like they taste bad. So it's just a learned, a learned habit. It's cultural. Yeah, for sure. Like I've seen hundreds of surveys of, the perception of insects specifically in Spain and Spaniards won't eat insects no matter uh, if you make it into like a paste and make a mayonnaise out of it so you don't see the insect anymore it's just the base protein for that emulsion anyway if they know their crickets inside they won't have it Yeah, and I was actually looking into or uh, uh, what are the origins of disgust because usually these things if you don't eat it it's because you perceive them as disgusting and mo most of the time disgust comes from a relationship between what you're seeing and death actually like if you see something that you associate with death it could be poison it could be or things that don't usually go together like i don't know pedophilia or this act that, that really disgusting, you know, things that, that don't, don't go together or that are related to death are the origins of forbidden foods. Like insects in Europe, probably at some point people died because they were eating insects, probably pork and Jewish, Muslim, and even some Christian traditions uh, is forbidden. And if I remember it really impressed me when I was traveling in South America and, and getting to know different indigenous cultures, 
and most of them don't eat mushrooms. And it's probably because of the same reason, because uh, there there wasn't a culture of eating mushrooms. Uh, the, the Homo sapiens arrived to America around 15,000 years ago. So there the, the, the probably hasn't been as much learning time to develop like a mushroom eating culture as, as it has been in Europe, for example, or Asia for that matter. But for me, that's really interesting. Why, why it's, it's uh, very unusual to find tra- traditional mushroom eating cultures, at least in the Amazonian, for instance. That is really interesting. And I think it makes like total sense, you know, like it makes total sense. Like it's a, like a very natural evolution, you know. And then also, you know, like, um, like apart from that aspect, like the survival aspect, you know, also just the, the, the sort of habit of things, you know, like it makes me kind of think of, um, Japan and dairy, you know, like if you present, like, I mean, nowadays it's different because, um, because there's, there's a more sort of international appreciation for things that are outside of your culture. But, you know, cheese used to be like a really, like horrible idea to a lot of Japanese people, you know, because they don't come, like there's not a big dairy culture in Japan. Yeah, it's it's like rotten curded milk. Like why would exactly. you eat that? And even if you add some green fungus to it, like in blue cheese, why would you eat that? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And then if you step a little bit out of your out of your view, out of your perception, like for example, in in uh you know in my case, like a, a European person, you know, it's kind of like well, cheese is delicious, but if you step out of it and you look at it, what it is. You know, you're like, yeah, like I can see how that, that's actually like a really weird thing. And that's why it's kind of like, why do I look at a shrimp and think it's delicious? Like it looks delicious, even when it's raw, because I have like, I grew up with it and I have this like ingrained in me that it's delicious because I've experienced it being delicious. As just as somebody from Thailand might look at a grasshopper and be like, oh, it looks delicious because he's used to eating it roasted up with loads of lemongrass and galangal and chili, you know, like that's, that's, that's fucking delicious, you know? And yeah, it's important to, I think it's super important to step out of like your point of view and look at these things for what they are. But then again, there's some foods where it's kind of like, I don't know how far I need to step out of my... uh, Which ones, for instance? Well, like uh, there's this thing, you know, in Asia, it's like super viral, you know, where people eat like live octopus or like live fish, you know? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard um, about that. That you you feel like the the suction cups of the octopus sticking to your tongue while you eat it. I think you know. I I believe that there's two types of of these dishes. One is where you have a raw fish that's actually dead, and then you add like lime juice and lemon, and it just makes the tentacles contract because the fish is so fresh. And then I think there's um, the ones where they actually keep it alive, which I think is really messed up. Well, you want me? You want me to get into forbidden domains of food and go into the really dark side of food? Of course, well, that's uh, what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was dating this nurse, and she worked like in emergency rooms, which is actually where you get to see the worst of society and the dumbest people arriving there for whatever reason. So, like internally, like in their locker room talk. They had like what they called the Darwin Awards, which was like for people who just died stupidly, natural selection, you know. And there was like this one uh, group of super smart people that bought a live squid, like baby squids. And this guy ate the whole thing alive. 
And so he, he ended up in the emergency room. She had to operate him, open his throat, everything full of ink. And, you know, like, and the, and the guy died. And they, they called this, this was one of the winners of the Darwin Awards. But then they also had the Venus Awards, which is even more dark. Uh, so it's like stupid sexual things where you end up in an emergency room. So, and <laughs> there was like this really dark story where she tells me, that these were like grandpas, like male above 60, 70 years old. And they would, for some reason, use always the same apple variety, like a golden apple. And, you know, use it as a, how to say this, like as a um, dildo substitute, so to say. And so they would stick the apple inside a, a grocery plastic bag and when they tried to take it out, the plastic bag would break and the apple would stay inside and they ended up in an emergency room. And for some reason, <laughs> this was like many old people using the same apple and the same technique. So she had this theory that there has to be like an underground, crazy <laughs> elderly people. And the funniest thing is she tells me like at some point they were like putting, you know, anesthesia to a guy like to... to bring him to sleep. And he was like, oh, by the way, I was just walking in my ore cart and I fell down. Please, mister, no need to explain. It's all good. <laughs> what? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if we were talking about taboo uses of food, does that fit into the topic? I think it still does, right? No, it does. I mean, like, why an apple? <laughs> I wonder if there's like an apple-based, you know, sex cult somewhere. In uh, the, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that the mo one of the most fucked up um taboo foods and I, I don't even know if that's real. I guess it is, but because it's in many movies, it's like this life monkey brain thing. Yeah, I mean um Yeah, and it's like like a tight into the center of the table and you're spooning the brain out while you're drinking champagne and having a talk. I've, I've honestly never seen that or heard about that apart from like in movies. I wonder if it's real. I hope not. Hannibal Lecter used to do something like that, right? With humans and, and it was inspired like... And yeah, yeah. I can expect that. I mean, I really can expect that. Maybe not today anymore, but I mean, we are a horrible species. It's not no wonder that somebody would do that at some point. We can be a horrible species. Yeah, that's true. I can definitely see people doing that. I hope it's not like an actual thing that, that it's been done before. I don't doubt. I feel like there's not a lot of things that human beings haven't done to each other or to other living things. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, Hannibal Lecter did do that in the, the Red Dragon. I think it was, or was it? Yeah, I think so. Where he dissects the brain. I think we talked about this already. He fries it up yeah. with butter and, and capers. It's a very nice, it's a very nice scene. Yeah. Caper apples that he like neatly cut and then put into the, into the copper pan. Another taboo food would be fetuses and all its kinds or fertilized eggs. Have you seen that? Where you have like a yeah, duck I egg have seen that. and it's a, the embryo inside the egg still and you eat it. Yeah, I have seen that. I've, I've never had it. And I, I, I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of things where I'm sort of like, oh, I won't eat that. And that's also not one of the things, like if I had it in front of me in the, in the setting, I, I would try it, but that really kind of gives me like a little bit of sort of like, I, I just don't get it. And I also don't get, what is it that you eat? It's like, it's like 
unborn birds. Like that's just what, like just with its all its bones and stuff. I don't really see what appeal is, you know, is it the way it's prepared, the fragrance? Like, what is it? Yeah, no idea. No idea. Maybe yeah. only the, the fetish of doing that, you know? Yeah. But then again, you know, it's kind of like, well, look at uh, European culture. What about suckling pigs, you know? Yeah, I mean, that that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Actually, it's like, oh, baby that just has had milk. <laughs> like, it's like really evil, you know? <laughs> it's just been born. It's barely, it's its eyes haven't even opened properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still sleeping. On the grill. <laughs> Into the oven. But to be, to be, A, to be fair, clean picks are really delicious, man. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I, I hate, I hate that it's such a cruel thing, you know, because I don't work with suckling pigs. I don't coke suckling pigs. You know, I, w I would never really like order a suckling pig for myself or like, in, you know, like for use in a cooking it in a restaurant or something, but they are really fucking delicious. Well, we mentioned uh, like fertilized eggs, but what about this super little birds like ortolan or these little things? There is, it's even a uh, protocol to eat ortolans that, that you cover you cover your face like with a veal of, uh, of a napkin or something so people don't watch. You put like the whole bird in your mouth just to suck the meat out and then they take the whole skeleton out of your mouth. You know, like... I've, I, I don't know which bird you're talking about, actually. Well, that's... Uh, I remember one, one Anthony Bourdain's book, I think uh, Raw or something about Raw is the title. That's the first episode he tells about this. And, and yeah, it's even in France, it's like a taboo thing where you need to know someone to get to eat this bird. But I mean, like, oh. like hunting birds in general, like the little, like the really little ones or a lot of people, that, that's like a big deal to eat that. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, for me too, you know, like uh, wood pigeons. I mean, I don't know if they count as like a little bird, but example, uh, but for example, in the UK, there's snipe. Mm -hmm. Which I'm sure you've seen before, the the ones with the really long, long yeah. uh, beak. Big, and big fella, we call them here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're really small. I mean, yeah. but they're they're delicious and they're a delicacy, you know. And yeah. I mean, you know, we eat them like and often they're served in like really good restaurants where you get you or for example, if Fabikin did it like this also, where you take the head and you like you like you roast the whole bird and you take the head and you split it in half down the beak and you serve like a part of the head with the brain. Yeah, I had I just had that just a few days ago and the the Wakan and and Kuala Lumpur we we had a pigeon as one of the courses and and they would serve the the whole head. Yeah. Well, that, that's also something like brains in general and these kind of yeah. things. Eyes for some people, tongue. All of these things are taboo Old for a lot. Awful, yeah. Old yeah. awful, yeah. And I wonder also why that is, because I mean, that is, that is an interesting question to raise, because like, why is awful so looked down upon? I mean, now, is it a trend thing? I feel like it might only be a trend thing. Like uh, how, you know, for example, um, sturgeon, right? Like talking, in, like in Germany, sturgeon used to be a very sought after fish. And nowadays, um, nobody wants it anymore. Everybody's like, oh, sturgeon, you know, yeah. but it's a, it's a very delicious fish. Like there's nothing wrong with it, you know? It, and it, I feel like cultures just go through these trends where things go up and down and up and down and up and down. And they go from peasant food to like high society food to court food and uh, like empire food, you know, and then back and forth. Like, um, sweet, sweet bird. 
you know? Yeah, I guess like uh, also what, what makes a food taboo is not only disgust, but also like uh, ignorance, lack of knowledge. Uh, I mean, I've seen people that for them is disgusting a uh, medium rare meat because they have never tried it and they, they grew up having just uh, well done meats and, and it's just yeah. disgusting to see something red or see blood. Well, what, what about blood in general? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> pure blood, you know, that I can understand because for us it's obviously like, um, you know, it's like, it's very similar to, to our blood, right? Like, and just seeing blood obviously triggers something in you. I, I read this biography of Sugar Ray Robinson, who was probably the greatest boxer of all times. I mean, if you see like, like the record of this guy, uh, let's say Muhammad Ali in all of his life, he fought like 30 fights, something like that. This guy fought like 150, you know, like it's, it's really exaggerated, like the record of this guy. Uh, so I read his biography and there's a, a point where he's, uh, you know, like, like the face off before the fight where you meet for a press release and this and that. And maybe there is like a dinner in a fancy hotel or something. So in the guy to intimidate his rival, he ordered from the kitchen to bring him a full glass full of blood. You know, like well, next to the tray of a steak, the blood that stays there. Yeah, put that in a glass yeah. and send it to the table. And he was just drinking it while he was talking to the guy. Oh, yeah, really? Look, 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 look. Intimidate the guy. That's really funny. But like, you know, like it's not, um, for, for a lot of people, it's kind of like, oh my God. But if, for example, you know, if you talk to old school butchers and old school butcher apprentices, you know, they talk about their apprenticeship and about slaughter days, you know, when you would slaughter an animal, it would be very normal to have a glass of blood. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just warm straight from the animal. And I mean, and also uh, doing black pudding and this kind of elaborations, you know, like you get to see a lot of blood. It's a lot of blood. Yeah. 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 I mean, like if you've ever made like black pudding and stuff like that, you know, like blood sausage, all that sort of stuff, you know, there's, there's variations of this like all over the place. And hey, it's like, for me, it's so delicious. Like I love that stuff. It's like, I can't get enough of it. You know, it's super, super tasty. But also, you know, like from the, like the, with this awful and blood kind of like thing where people are often so old at the idea of, of, um, using this, but I'm like, man, from a sustainability point of view, it's like, it's amazing. You know, you use everything, the blood, yeah. every organ. And it's not like the, it, it has a bad taste, you know, it's just the idea of it. Right. And I think also just like culturally, um, that it's kind of like, you have a little bit of a, of a different relationship to these sorts of things because we're a little bit too detached. This like comes into like modern days because I don't think that peasants in the, in the dark ages would be like, Oh, it's hard. No, sorry. I don't want it. Right. We're so detached from reality, from like death and slaughter and where animals come from and all that sort of stuff that it's just kind of lost. And it's a very privileged place to be. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Potluck Food Talks. If you like what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as Potluck Food Talks. The show airs every Monday.